Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing the Lagan Valley area filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Happy Easter, everybody. Listen, if you are a guest or a visitor, we're thrilled that you have chosen to join with us this morning to celebrate uh, Easter, and you are so welcome. If we haven't met before, my name's Andy, and I'm part of the team uh, here. I want to uh, begin reading our teaching text again this morning, the story of Easter. Um, this is Matthew chapter 28. It says, Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you this morning for Jesus, for all that he accomplished on our behalf. Holy Spirit, we say you're welcome. Come, speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder how many of you have a favorite story, maybe a favorite movie, favorite book, maybe a favorite childhood story. I remember... I remember when I was 14, reading all three volumes of uh, Lord of the Rings and being absolutely captivated by that story, so much so that I have read it over and over and over again. I couldn't even begin to guess or put a number on the number of times I've read Lord of the Rings, but so much so now that my mother-in-law bought me a 50th anniversary edition of all three volumes in one place, and it sits on a shelf at home, and... um, Maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's kind of like the Bible. I don't even read it start to finish anymore. I just kind of pick up and go to my favorite bits. And um, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. It shouldn't really be a surprise, though, because I was raised in a family of stories and storytellers. The Sunday lunch table for me whenever I was growing up was this um, hybrid, potent hybrid of comedy, tragedy, and scandal. And most of it... um, Probably a little bit too much detail for the age I was at the time, particularly when my rascally grandfathers were at the table. As I was a teenager, anytime I had friends over that I was trying to impress, my mum's go-to story was always the time when my brother and I were about six or seven and we decided to moon the postman and Mrs. Allen next door. And... um, it didn't end well for us when my mom found us, eight, six, or seven. And uh, to be honest, the story never ended all that well when she retold it when we were teenagers. Um, that table and those moments 
um, they were like a crucible of formation for me as I grew up. You see, stories have a way of getting under our skin, don't they? Family stories become anchors. They remind us where we have come from. And for better or for worse, they tell us who we are. And I wonder this Easter Sunday as we gather, what are the stories that are informing your life? What are the stories that tell you who you are? What stories are informing the deep questions and the struggles that you deal with every single day. See, if you pay attention, you will find at the root of almost every uh, belief or behavior in your life, somewhere in there is a story, an experience, a way of doing or being. You've heard me tell you all before many times that before I had children, I used to like to be on time. And uh, they've ruined it, and I'll never forgive them. Um, It's funny, that's just part of our family story. Growing up, my dad used to <laughs> my dad used to say to us, you know, if we were like supposed to be somewhere and we were two minutes late, if we literally two minutes late, we'd arrive, and he'd be saying, "Well, you better go and meet the police as they come to the door, because I've told them that you're missing and probably dead in the ditch somewhere." You know, <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> but that story that we're a family who um, like to be on time—it's just infected me. I don't have to try. It's just it informs who I am. But what about you? What are the stories that inform you? What are the stories that you tell yourself and tell your kids? What are the stories that create your expectations around the world and the people that surround you every single day? You see, there is a story that has survived the rise and fall of empires. It survived the Dark Ages and the Middle Ages. It survived industrial revolution, sexual revolution, technological revolution. It survived wars and rumors of wars. It survived church scandals and political scandals. It survived heroes and tyrants. It survived our moments of greatest faith, and it survives our moments of deepest doubt. Here we are, Lisburn, Northern Ireland, 2019, gathered to remember the story of a humble Middle Eastern carpenter's son who said he was God and was murdered for it. His story survived the very grave itself. I wonder, have you ever thought about this God story and how much it doesn't really make sense? What kind of creator chooses to step into creation and then allows that very creation to murder him? No show of strength, no act of impressive power, just gentle, humble surrender. What kind of God behaves this way? Why did it have to be this way? I wonder if you ever thought about that. It's a very important question that you should bring to the scriptures. And anyone that tells you otherwise, don't pay attention to them. Why? Why? We've been reflecting a lot as a team and even with our kids that one of the really important things that we do with the scriptures is ask them questions. Really, really important. I wonder if you ever thought about this with the God story. Why did it have to be this way? Why did God step into 
human history. Take on flesh and blood and bone. Surrender himself to be brutally humiliated and executed in front of everybody and then three days later walk out of the grave. Why this way? You see, the problem that Easter is trying to solve is not sin, it's death. The problem that Easter is solving is not just sin, it is death itself. The scriptures are quite clear that the consequences of sin is death. And if you ever wondered if sin was a problem in the world, just look around. Pick up a newspaper or flick on a news app. Our world is full of the walking dead. We live in a zombie culture that seems to find it impossible to find meaning anywhere outside of consumption. And just like any zombie movie you've ever watched, this is how we behave, frantically running here, there, and everywhere, consuming whatever we can find to try to masquerade the hollowness that haunts us in our very souls. And yet, and yet, if you slow down long enough, pay attention in enough detail, you will hear within yourself a longing for something more rise up. Just a whisper, but it is there. Listen to the words of Anne Voskamp penned last week. On the Monday of Holy Week, in one of the most secular countries on the globe, in the midst of a fire hungrily devouring the planet's most famous Gothic church, a chain of humanity forms to pass from one hand to another hand what is believed to be a nail that held Christ to Golgotha's cross. The piercing thorns that pressed his brow and a piece of that cross itself. Regardless of the veracity of the relics, this is what matters. That people think that any of this still matters. There is a story that survives fire. There is a narrative that is formative and it forms the essence of us and it will raise from flames. There is truth we are tethered to and it's an anchor for the ages that steadies civilizations. We all globally witnessed it at the beginning of Holy Week. A postmodern culture may think it's grown beyond the story, but it's the story that stays in us and grows us beyond ourselves. We are all still actually willing to brave fire, to risk life and limb, to link arms with our fellow human beings, to hold on to a bit of the holy and be linked to Christ himself. And a secular city's streets filled with hipsters and millennials and mothers and weary old men and all these bystanders who couldn't blithely stand by and all their grieving strains of Ave Maria. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. You are blessed among all women. And Jesus, the fruit of your womb, is blessed. Rise like incensed prayers, mingling with the plumes of smoke. A secular world still seeks the sacred. A secular world still seeks the sacred. Why? 
because we are addicted to hope. We are addicted to hope. Every human being has a hope-shaped heart. And no matter how beat down, battered, dried up we get, we are desperate for there to be hope present in the world. Why? Because we were created that way. You see, hope and love are two sides of the same coin. Without love, there is no hope. And without hope, there is no love. And the scriptures teach us that every one of us, every single one of us, from the most beautiful and innocent newborn baby to the terrorist gunman, every single one of us bear the very image of God himself. Created, crafted in the image of hope and of love. And we cannot find rest until hope rests within us. You see, you cannot understand anything about God until you grasp that He is love. He is love. He doesn't act in loving ways. He doesn't have moments when He feels like it. He is love. Many of you in the room are husbands or wives or parents. That is and is. It's not like your dad on a Tuesday, but not on a Wednesday. It's not your husband on a Friday, but not on a Monday. At least I hope not. <laughs> Some of you are like, you got me. God is love. God is, is, is love. The language of God is love. And the highest expression of love is sacrifice. The story of Easter, the greatest love story ever told. In the resurrection of Christ, death is dealt with. And in so doing, God makes the greatest soul craving of ours possible. Hope. Hope. So hope for a great sea change on the far side of revenge. Believe that a further shore is reachable from here. Because on Easter Sunday, we hear the outcry and the birth cry of new life at its term. The hope of humanity that we might become human again. It's made possible. Jesus, the firstborn of new creation. This story subverts and transcends every other story. It reaches into our stories and does something much more profound and much more helpful than rewriting them. It redeems them. In the story of Easter, God redeems our stories. This story says it doesn't matter what you did and it doesn't matter what was done. The cross and the resurrection of Jesus 
make the love of God and the hope of resurrection available to you. Right here and right now. Resurrection to be understood fully must be understood through three dimensions. Resurrection has happened. Resurrection is happening. And resurrection will happen. The story of Easter becomes most potent in our lives when it is our past and it is our present and it is our future. That resurrection has happened. That resurrection is happening and that resurrection will one day happen. In Christ's resurrection, reconciliation with God becomes possible for us. And we can come home to God and find hope again for our weary souls. I wonder, have you ever noticed how certain people just have an aura about them? Have you ever met somebody who, no matter how good life gets, find it easy to find something to complain about? Just elbow the person and say, I think he's talking about you. Or maybe, maybe the opposite, and to be quite honest with you, these people are hard to find in this wonderful wee place called Northern Ireland. People that, no matter how bad it gets around them, seem to have an unshakable ability to inhabit a hopeful posture to their present and the world around them. I think we get this wrong often in life that that we think God moving in means problems moving out. Well, the reality, the great breakthrough that we're all longing for is that we could be okay when everything's not okay. That when all of our circumstance and all of our surroundings scream despair, that we could be unshakable with hope. You see, God has an aura, an atmosphere. It is impossible to allow him to draw near to you and not be infected and affected by his love and by his hope. Get into God's presence and you will encounter love. Get into God's presence and you will experience hope. It's impossible for you not to because quite simply it's who he is. I can't tell you the number of people who connect to this community and maybe days or weeks or months later I begin asking them, so how long have you been coming along or when did you connect and what was that like? And the same story happens over and over and over. Well, Andy, you know, like I have been, hadn't been to church for years or I've never really gone to church before and someone dragged me along and to be honest, I really didn't want to come, thought you guys were all a bit weird. And then I sat towards the back and then the band started to play and people started to sing. And then I started to cry. And every time I came, I would just cry. One of my favorite stories, dear friend, started coming with her family a few years ago. A few months later, decided to give her life to Jesus. And we were asking, what happened? And she said, you know, I used to come. I'd sit at the back. I'd just cry and cry and cry. Because nobody ever told me before I didn't have to be perfect for Jesus. 
She sat here, encountered God. She heard him say, I love you. And hope began to rise in her heart. It is impossible. It is impossible for God to draw close to us and us not be affected by his life, his love, and his hope. It is a story. It is the story. And it changes, changes absolutely everything. James, why don't you guys come on back up? So I wonder, what's your story? What story is informing you and how you engage with the world around you? Listen again to Matthew 28. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here For he has risen. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. What if that story of resurrection, of God coming for you, could inform your story. Maybe you gather with us this morning and your story is one of anger, or one of addiction, one of absent or abusive parents. Maybe it's a story that says you aren't worth anything. Maybe you live in a story that says there's nothing good or beautiful about you. Maybe You come from a story of strength and you're exhausted, constantly trying to live up to some standard that you don't really know where it's come from. Maybe your story is one of self-sufficiency. You don't need anyone and you'll be fine on your own. Maybe your story is one of success. Life is incredibly comfortable and you have no need for God. Stick around for a while. That has a habit of changing over time. See, the truth is, we all have ghosts. Stories that haunt us. Things that try to define us. And what if, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of the chaos and worry, 
in the midst of all the struggle and pain? What if right in the middle of that, as unexpected as that first Easter dawn, hope could be resurrected in your heart and in your soul? Because Jesus is not in the grave. He's alive. And because he is alive, coming home to a God who created you and who loves you is possible. It's available. What if this story could invade those stories? And what if it could resurrect hope and give birth to love in your soul? What if right here and right now, you could stop running and you could come home? What if the new beginning of the rest of your life was unfolding right in front of you? And what if all it required were for you to say, okay, okay, okay. It sounds like a fairy tale. Sounds too good to be true. That God would leave a heavenly throne and all that surrounds that to step into the mess of this place we call home and make a way for us to come back to Him. If you're able, will you stand? Close your eyes for a second. Just where you sit. And if this Easter Sunday, you know that you need to come home. That you need resurrection in your life. You need God's love and his hope to root itself deeper within you. I want to invite you just to, just quietly where you are, just raise a hand. This isn't for me, this is between you and God, but it's helpful for us to just create a moment where we do something outward to express the inner reality. Don't worry about anyone else in the room. raise your hand, you can put it down again. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come. Come. And right now, I release a spirit of resurrection upon you. Let hope arise in your hearts and in your souls. May your physical bodies be filled with hope right now. 